0: to sick people also and to give presentations why is she a relic because st john paul ii he wanted there to be at least one image in each country because he knew the power and the importance of our lady of guadalupe from her the triumph of the immaculate heart will come Mm -hmm. so and she is the woman from Revelations 12.1, mm-hmm. Our Lady of Guadalupe. So she is very important and very much needed, especially in our times, right? Yeah, yeah. And so he asked uh, for copies to be made, digital copies. There were 220 digital copies made for 197 countries. Real,
1: uh, real size, right? Yes, the actual they, size. it is yeah. an
0: exact copy. Yeah, And um, they were blessed. They were touched to the tilma. That's why she's a relic. And the most important thing, they extended the graces that were given on December 12, 1531 to this image. Mm. That means that when you pray in front of this image, it's as if you were at the in front of the Ayate or Tilma yeah. in Mexico City at the Basilica. Mm. How amazing is that? Yeah, yeah. And that, we have a right here it's in kind Dallas. kind like, of like time
1: travel, isn't yes. it? In, in a sense. It's kind of like when we receive the Eucharist, we are taken back to Calvary, right? And uh, that's a representation of the uh, the death of Christ on the cross. And so it's very similar in a very different way where you're kind of brought back to 1531 and mm-hmm. that, that, uh, that, those beautiful historical moments uh, uh, so uh, I know you, you're a you, you, um, you're, you're Mexican. I don't know if you're Mexican-born, but you're uh, Mexican ancestry, and yeah, um,
0: my, mo- your my parents are from Mexico. Mexico. My mother's from Mexico, so
1: that probably plays into your love for Our Lady Guadalupe. But uh, how did this great passion develop in you for Our Lady? And how long? How far back does that go for Our Lady Guadalupe?
0: I think, um, well, I've always been close to Our Lady mm-hmm. in general. You know, Fatima was a big one. Lourdes, that's where everything started. But um, my kids used to go to St. Thomas Aquinas School, and I was asked one time to give a presentation uh, from something from Mexico. And I said, well, it's a Catholic school, why not? or Lady of Guadalupe, and that's how it started. I started Mm. investigating, and then I started taking classes and courses, and I read books and watched videos, and that's how I've been learning more and more about her. And every time, there's always something new, Dave. That's the amazing part. They are always discovering something new on the Tilma.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's, it's not over yet, is mm-hmm. it? Uh, and that, that, that's the amazing thing. And probably a thousand years from now, they're probably still going to be searching things out. So. Well,
0: we have her 500th anniversary coming up. Yeah. In 2031. So. I know something special is coming.
1: Yeah, that's a real flashpoint, obviously. And I know that Bishop Burns has kind of focused on that with the Dallas Synod, Synod. and that that's when that's going to conclude. I think it's a 10 year process. We can talk about that as well. But, uh, you know, you, you were kind enough to give me this flyer that uh, is very beautiful, by the way. And it uh, has a couple of headings and one of them is Pray, o, Pray Hail Marys. Yes. and I know this is something that I have been involved in somewhat not as much as I would like to but I try to uh, t- tell us about this campaign
0: okay so uh, in March we started with inviting people to pray Hail Marys on the first Saturday of the month we all know that or maybe maybe some of you know about the devotion of the five Saturday first Saturdays mm-hmm. right where Our Lady of Fatima re- requires that we go to Mass that we pray the Rosary So based on that, I think is why I got this calling to invite people to pray Hail Marys. And it doesn't have to be a rosary because not everybody is ready to be praying a rosary. So if you're out there and you're listening, if you can pray one Hail Mary, please, Mm -hmm. you can be part of this, right? So we pray Hail Marys, and I'm so excited to tell you that this month on June the 3rd, which was the first Saturday of the month, we prayed over 22,500 Hail Marys. Yeah, and those total. are
1: documented, right? I mean, yes. people have told you how many they prayed. Yes, yes.
0: people pledge and then they, they confirm. So there's several ways you can do it, but the easiest is just sending me an email to Guadalupe Relic at gmail.com and just letting us know. And then your petitions, you can also send in your petitions. We print them off and we place them in a basket at the foot of of the relic image of Our Lady of Mm. Guadalupe.
1: Now, the the, the, the 22,000, is that what you said, Mm -hmm. uh, that were prayed last Saturday, as of this recording, and the first Saturday of July, you'll be doing the same thing. Now, are those only the ones that are prayed on that particular day, or can people, can they build them up in advance and say, okay, between now and the first Saturday, I've prayed this many. Is that how it works? No,
0: it's only on the first Saturday. But this is to invite people so they can start praying more Hail Marys. Mm -hmm. And why Hail Marys? Because Hail Mary, it's such a beautiful prayer. What does it involve? It involves first, well, the Holy Spirit, well, God the Father asking Mary, right, to be the mother of His Son, the Holy Spirit, the Incarnation, the message from the Gabriel angel, I mean, from the angel Gabriel. We have also the visitation. Mm -hmm. And and then what comes from out of it? The great, Magnificat. That Our Lady, you know, recites. So, this prayer is such a powerful prayer. So, if you're unable to do a complete rosary, pray Hail Marys. One Hail Mary can be so powerful.
1: Yeah. I was at a men's conference recently, and I saw a video, perhaps you've seen it, about the power of one Hail Mary, uh, and that man who, an ambulance went by, and he he didn't know what to do, and so he just prayed a Hail Mary, and it ended up that 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 saved the woman's life. She came back and found him, because Jesus put an image of the man who prayed the Hail Mary to her, and said, this this one Hail Mary saved your life, and so she went back and found him to thank him. So, uh, uh, definitely, uh, that's a, and I I don't remember the exact name, but I, I think if you go on YouTube and search "the power of one Hail Mary," you can find uh, that is
0: powerful. Well. So that's why we invite people to pray, and we need to repair the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And we yeah. are during her month. This is the month of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So we need. To repair there's so many things so many blasphemies against her immaculate heart and this is a way to repair them
1: yes amen uh my my guest is ingrid meyer she is the founder of semper maria the um email that she gave guadalupe relic at gmail.com guadalupe relic at gmail.com and again as we approach the first saturday of july and then august and september and october uh let her know how many hail marys you pray on that saturday yeah and she, uh, it's like a like a gift to Our Lady, and we just we'll never know how many blessings are coming out of it. Yeah, you've already spoken about the relic image of Our Lady Guadalupe. Uh, tell us more about that, and opportunities that parishes and groups have. We, we've taken advantage of it as a Guadalupe Radio Network. And you will have it. And on we're going to have it July twentieth uh, last year uh, with Bishop Strickland's event. We had it there, and it it made such a big difference to have her there with us. And thanks be to God and to you, we're going to have it again at the uh, July twentieth summer speaker series event, but uh, tell us about the opportunities for other groups around the, the the Metroplex.
0: Yes. So, besides doing the first Saturday Hail Marys, we are taking the relic image to a different parish in the Diocese of Dallas. So, that is wonderful. First of all, we get to go to different parishes and know the parishes within our diocese, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, that parish has the opportunity to receive the relic image. We try to do it closer to the vigil mass. So then maybe, let's say mass is at five, so maybe we can be there since three or four. We try to pray the rosary before, and then after mass, maybe we pray another rosary. So then we get Mm -hmm. all these Hail Marys, right? Yes. For Our Lady. But people are able to be there and spend time With Our Lady. Yeah. I was just telling you that we were just, this past uh, Saturday we were at St. Cecilia and it was such a beautiful day. We had the Matachines, which is the dancers from that parish, receive Our Lady dancing. And then we had the rosary and we had music and people singing. So it was such a beautiful way to Mm -hmm. honor our mom. And I always say, Dave, when we honor Our mother, we glorify our God.
1: Yes, amen. And that's the thing that we want our Protestant brothers and sisters to understand because a lot of them feel almost scandalized by how much Catholics love Our Lady. And granted, some people, you know, you can't elevate her to the role of God, but, you know, we, we can't do that. That would be heresy. If we no. don't do that. We, we ask for her intercession. We revere her. We honor her. We love her. Uh, but uh, without that relationship with Our Lady, the relationship with Jesus just cannot be as strong, can it?
0: No, and she is the mother of God. Yeah. And she's our mother because she was given to us by Jesus at the foot of the cross, right? Mm -hmm. So, she is very important. And Our Lady of Guadalupe, the most important thing about her is not, yes, our mother is wonderful, but that she's Christ-centered. She is pregnant with Jesus. Mm -hmm. That is the most important thing. And her mission, as well as always, is to bring us closer to her son. She brings Jesus to us.
1: Yes, Yes, many years ago, I th- I know I've told you this story. I, I must have when that image came to our office. With uh, the roses, at, yeah, and I ha- I was blessed with the smell of these the most beautiful Castilian roses. And I'm looking around at the the people who were you know ha- with the image, and I said, Do "Y'all smell this? Do y'all smell it?" They said, "No." They said, "You've been touched." And I, I know we don't go into it expecting something miraculous like that, but that was clearly a very important moment in my spiritual life. But do you every now and then get reports of miracles or healings that are associated with this image?
0: Yes, in fact, I just got a call last year. I took her to uh, down to the diocese of Brownsville, and I think I gave oh over ten presentations and took her to different parishes and to over a thousand twelve hundred people mm-hmm. and One of those um, people that was there, she just called me and she said, "Look." I didn't want to call you before because I wanted to make sure it's been almost a year, but I have been cancer-free for a year since Our Lady came, and I was with her, I had this miracle. Mm -hmm. And like that, there's been several. So if you or a loved one or somebody you know is sick, and you live close in this area... You are welcome to send us an email and if we can, you know, we will coordinate and we can take her to this person's house even for just a little while. But that is also part of our mission, you mm-hmm. know, to take her because she is the healer. Who Her first miracle was the fifth apparition in Mexico City when she appeared to the uncle of St. Juan Diego.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: At his house when he was dying, remember Juan Diego, he said, oh, let me go another way so I don't encounter our lady because he had to go get the roses. And, uh, of course, she appeared and she's like, where are you going? Mm -hmm. Am I not here? I, who am your mother? But she said more. She said, I, who has the honor and the joy of being your mother, Mm -hmm. I will take care of you. Come to me. And then immediately she went to the uncle and healed him. That was the first miracle. So our lady wants to help us. She wants to bring us to God, and she brings healing through her son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in her womb.
1: Right? Yes, yes, exactly. Amen. Uh, Ingrid Myers, my guest. Semper Maria, tell us about the choosing of that name. It almost sounds like the Marine, uh, you know, the Semper Fi, you know, always faithful, but Semper Maria. How did you choose that?
0: Oh, through prayer. Uh-huh. I was praying. I was like, okay, Mary, do you really want me to do something? Okay, what should I name this apostle? And then just semper semper came into my yeah. head. And I'm like, okay, because everything is always through Mary. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. always go to Mary. So then... That's how Semper Maria
1: came. Yeah. Came yeah. about. And I love how you brought up the message, uh, that Our Lady gave to Juan, St. Juan Diego back in 1531 because I don't know that enough Catholics realize what she said. We, we focus a lot about Fatima and the vision of hell and the secrets and that, that seems to be more talked about. And, and, and I'm glad it is because that's an amazing apparition. But, uh, I think that is part of your apostolate. Obviously it is because my daughter and I came and watched you give a presentation one time. But just educate people about her letter. It's more than a, it's more than an image. It's, there's, there's a lot behind this, this, this visit to Juan Diego, isn't it?
0: Yeah. So imagine, uh, when the, when the Spaniards first arrived and they brought the Franciscan friars, Those first 10 years after the conquest, maybe a few thousand converted to Catholicism. Mm -hmm. But after Our Lady appeared, over 9 million converted in the following next 10 years. So why? Because they understood the message. So there's so many symbols and so many messages on her image. And that's what I go and I explain and I give presentations on. And people can't, remember every little thing that we talk about but what they do need to focus and i hope that that's my goal for them to have in their hearts to know how much mary loves us Mm -hmm. and how much she wants to guide us and bring us to her son
1: yeah yeah. that's
0: everything she does Mm -hmm. is to bring us to her son she lives in god's divine will
1: yes amen uh, Semper Maria. So pray the Hail Marys. the The relic image of Our Lady Guadalupe is available. How, um, do you have the next few months already scheduled for parishes? How no, many of those so can you tell us about? I
0: would like to invite you if you ha- would like to receive the image, the relic image of Our Lady, at your parish. You can please send us that email at guadalupe relic um, guadalupe relic at gmail dot com. And remember, it's the first Saturday of the month. And we will be happy to take her. We can coordinate. This uh, July first, we already have uh, a parish that's working. I think it might be Holy Family, so mm-hmm. we're working on that. And uh but we have the rest open. So please give us a call, uh, send us an email, and we will be happy to coordinate and see you there.
1: This is like a full time job for you, isn't it? Yes. Uh, t- can you take donations? Can people support you, or is uh, is that something that 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 you you can t- accept?
0: Well, we don't ask. For anything when we go to take Our Lady. But yes, donations are welcome. We, in fact, we are going to start with a process of becoming a nonprofit because Dave, there's a calling from Our Lady that we feel that it's not only what we do now, but she needs to, ex- she wants us to extend this to the world. Mm-hmm. So we will be looking to get over 500 images that hopefully will be relics also and distribute them around the world, starting with every diocese in the United States.
1: Like the one that you bring around, that's at the Highlands, you want to get 500 of those. Yes. Wow, that's gonna, I mean- It's it's a big challenge. Do do you know Monsignor Chavez or Yes, we met,
0: I was just in Mexico and I went to talk to him and I asked for his help, but he said right now it's difficult with the way things are, but maybe in a year and a half it might be, so. If you have any connections with the Cardinal in Mexico, please <laughs> connect me because I'm trying to get an appointment with him yeah. to start working on this. So we have eight years to get this accomplished. So please. And if you would like to help in any way, we are all welcome. Please. Uh, we need volunteers and, just coordinating to go to parishes is a big thing. Mm-hmm. So. Amen.
1: Uh, the, the email is Guadalupe Relic at gmail.com. Guadalupe Relic at com. We're talking about Semper Maria. And, uh, have you seen in the last few months, you said 22,000 Hail Marys, uh, uh, the first Saturday of June. Has that just been growing? Um, yes.
0: The first one we started, which is when I got that calling and it was, Not on the first Saturday. I just felt Mary wanted me to pray. I invited a few friends and posted on Facebook, and we got 8,000 Hail Marys. Oh, wow. And that's when I knew she wanted more, Mm -hmm. and she wanted it on the first Saturday. So we've been growing ever since.
1: Yeah, you know, our, um, Toya Hall, who you know, has this thing that she says a lot. She says, uh, our Lord loves to surprise his children. And it must be very exciting doing the work that you're doing because you just never know what, how God wants to excite you, how God wants to move this forward. And it really, and I'm, I, and I know for, from who, who you are, it's it's all God, right? You're just an instrument, kind of like Juan Diego was an instrument. And uh, that, that's it's, it's, it's freeing, but yeah, but you just have to kind of let God and the Our Lady work through you, don't you?
0: Well, that's my goal, to try to be like Juan Diego and to invite others to be the Juan Diegos of our times, to give this message to all our brothers and sisters who maybe don't know her. Mm-hmm. And please, do not consider Our Lady of Guadalupe, only for Mexico. She came for the entire world. Yes, she appeared in Mexico, but she came to unite all the cultures in the world because she is our mother.
1: Yeah. Do you find that that is a roadblock for a lot of uh, maybe Anglo people or yes. people from other countries? It's, it's a Mexican that, thing. Yes, yeah.
0: that they're like, oh, oh, yeah, if you're going to have Our Lady of Guadalupe, why don't you go with the Hispanics? I'm like, no, she's not only for the Hispanics. She's for all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, and don't miss out. Yeah, Don't miss out on all these beautiful graces that we receive just being with her.
1: Yeah, and that's why you're the perf- perfect person, because you have a foot in both cultures, in both languages, and uh, obviously speak really good English and really good mm-hmm. Spanish. And so, yeah, gosh, th- this is awesome. I, it's exciting to see how how God's working through you. And as you mentioned before, the culture desperately needs this. I mean, the culture in so many ways is just falling apart. We need Our Lady so badly and we need to, we need to pray.
0: We need her. And you know what? Um, what I love is that I started in pro life, but this is for me a continuation of pro life because Our Lady is the patron saint of the unborn. Yeah. She's pregnant with Jesus. She brings life to us, not only through her son in the womb, but through eternal life, right? Yeah, through her yeah, son.
1: Exactly. So
0: um so this is the perfect way to continue that pro life mission too of uh talking how important life is.
1: Yeah, amen. Well, Ingrid, thank you so much for uh, what you're doing and also for coming and visiting the studio again to talk about this. I just invite everybody to please, if you feel the tug of the Holy Spirit and uh, saying that this is something you'd like to be involved in, uh, say say those prayers on the first Saturday of July and August and let her know how many you've prayed. Guadalupe Relic at gmail.com. Maybe you're at a parish and you would like to invite uh, Ingrid to, to bring the relic image of Our Lady of Guadalupe to your parish on a first Saturday upcoming, uh, just uh, or just have general questions about what she's doing. Maybe you want to support her financially or prayerfully. Just get in touch with her and let her know you heard this interview, and that would be a great first step. Guadalupe Relic at gmail.com. Anything else? Yes,
0: and um, I just wanted to say for everybody who prays Hail Mary's, you can also send an email with your petitions, with your needs. And what we do is we print them off and we put them in a basket at the foot of the relic image for three months. So she has them right there.
1: Super, all right. Well, thanks so much. And also want to thank James Jacoby, who is producing, first time? Uh, an interview of the week, he is a, a wonderful young man who is interested in radio and television and just a, a, a delightful, optimistic, you know, joy-filled young man. And so Sissel has been training him to run the board for this. So thank you, James, for your work. I, as far as I can tell, it went flawlessly. Okay. It sounds like everything went very well. So thank you, James.
0: And thank you so much for having me and for all your audience. It's always a joy to be here with you.
1: Amen. Thank you. And Our Lady, uh, please uh, be with us. I'm looking, uh, oh, I was going to say we should pray with uh, Hail Mary, but we actually are out of time. So let's just say, Hail Mary, uh, Our Lady Guadalupe, please pray Pray for for us. us. This is the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. God bless you. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the KTH 910 AM Interview of the Week. I'm Dave Palmer. Diane Xavier is running the board, and I hope you're having a good summer. And uh, have an interesting 25 minutes of conversation with one of our beloved priests in the Dallas Diocese. And uh, he has been a guest on this program before, and his name is, and I've been practicing pronouncing his name because he is from Poland, uh, his name is Father uh, Timotuz Szaszkiewicz, uh, otherwise known as Father Timo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Father, uh, I'm sorry for butchering your name there. I'm sure I'm not the first, uh, at least here in America. But...
2: No, 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 no worries. That's why I go by Father Timo. It's <laughs> easy to remember. And, uh...
1: <laughs> and I practiced it so well, too. Uh, Father Timo has been a priest for uh, four years, ordained in the class with in June of 2019, and he currently is serving as the chaplain of the University Catholic Center at the University of Texas at Dallas, one of the really exciting things that are, is happening in the uh, Diocese of Dallas. So we're going to talk a little bit about you and then get right into the mission and purpose and what's going on uh, this summer and the, in the incoming fall, and also how people can can help you in, in the mission there. So thanks, thanks for coming out to the studio. Thank you for having me here. So you are a priest that is from the Redemptorist Mater Seminary. And tell us about, and you're from Poland, as I mentioned. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your vocation, what brought you to the United States, to Dallas, to to, the the Redemptorist Mater Seminary, a little bit of your background, if you
2: would. So, Redemptorist Matter Seminary, it's a uh, diocesan and missionary seminary whose vocations come from the new catechumenal way. The new catechumenal way has a huge missionary uh, aspect to it. Uh, you know, the answer of the Christian call to, to announce the gospel through the whole world. And uh, when, uh, when I was much younger, the, I felt that, you know, the Lord was calling me into priesthood, but also into mission. And so uh, I naturally entered the Redemptorism Matter Seminary because I was connected with the New Catechuminal Way since I was three years old through my parents. And uh, the way we are sent to the seminaries is not that we, you know, pick and choose where we get to go. We are sent by lottery. So in 2006, uh, that's when I was sent. We meet in Porto San Giorgio, which is on the east coast of Italy. On the Adriatic Sea, and uh, and by lottery, totally by chance, I was sent to to Dallas, and ever since I've been here, and I'm very grateful to the Lord for uh, for sending me here. I uh, I did my studies here in Dallas and in Denver, and then uh, uh, I was sent in mission to Oregon and Montana, the Pacific Northwest, and I was ordained in 2019, and uh, and I'm very grateful to the Lord for for all He does and what He does in my life. It's it's a beautiful. Beautiful thing.
1: Oh, so you've gotten to see uh, diverse aspects uh, geographically of the United States. I mean, from you say uh, Montana and uh, the the big big sky country, Oregon on the coast, and now
2: DFW, right? DFW. (laughs) I I love DFW. See, Polish people are very uh, very stubborn, also, especially from you know, I'm (laughs) I'm from the uh, central western part of Poland and uh, you know we were the, the first one always to, to fight so when I came to Texas and, and I felt the spirit of Texas I fell in love with it. Oh yeah?
1: Oh good, good well we're, we're glad. <laughs> first to fight you know. Yeah and, and you will be a priest uh, in the Dallas Diocese for the rest of your life right? This isn't yes. You don't get moving around.
2: Yes yeah, so uh, if the bishop decides you know, that's the, one of the aspects of our missionarity in the Redemptor's Matter Seminary you know the, the Second Vatican Council in the in Presbyterorum Ordinis was talking about the importance of the diocese providing priests for its own needs, but also for the needs of the church. So that's part of our formation. That if the if the bishop who, uh, sees the need to send me in mission, one day I'll be I'll be very glad to go. That's part of our formation. That's okay. what I fell in love with. To uh, to you know to serve to serve the church uh, under the obedience to the bishop of Dallas. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there's gotta be some a certain freedom in that. That's just like. I, I go where I'm told to go, and, uh, you know, you got to believe that that's God's will through the instruction of the bishop, and so uh, I, I could see where that there'd be a great yeah. freedom in that. So. The, tell our listeners about the University Catholic Center at the uh, University of Texas at Dallas, uh, otherwise <laughs> U, known as UCC. UCC UTD. <laughs> UCC at UTD, yeah, but you know, acrony- acronyms keep things simple. Yeah, kind of like <laughs> Father Timo makes your yes. name more simple. So this is a relatively
2: new um, effort. Uh, well, what is, what is the history? So uh, the history of the place is very interesting. Bishop Burns, when he, uh, when he uh, came to Dallas, he was doing a tour. He was visiting all the parishes, and one of the parishes he visited was All Saints. And he saw a, a large group of young people that were that came to mass. And he asked them, "Hey, where are you from?" And they said, "Oh, we're from from a local college, um, from UTD." And he was like, oh, "Okay, well, very nice to meet you. Maybe I'll come. Um, maybe I'll come one day." And so he uh, he decided to do Ash Wednesday mass there one day. <coughs> Sorry, and uh, uh, and they planned for fifty people. You know, they they come onto campus, and uh, and somebody somebody told them, and uh, Bishop, we have a problem. We we planned for fifty people, we have three <laughs> hundred. He goes, what do you mean? <laughs> they you see, they, 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 had, they they had no idea that uh, UTD campus is huge. It's thirty-one and a half thousand students, and so the bishop said, so where is your Catholic center? There is no Catholic center for them. There the students used to meet on campus and at All Saints. And so uh, the bishop immediately started looking for a place and uh, so they they uh, the diocese almost bought a building on the, on Campbell Street and then last minute an opening appear on uh, on w- uh, Waterview Parkway which is right across from the campus it's 15000 square feet uh, very very interesting building because that uh, that building used to be it was built by Pat Summerall the, the oh, football your, fans your <laughs> football, yeah <right. laughs> they they know the name he, he yeah. used to work with Madden yeah. and uh, on a lot of t v productions so the the building that we bought it's an old t v station which is which is amazing because it uh, it's built perfectly to our purposes and and I'll explain later why, but uh, you know it's it's amazing to see that the bishop's vision for a Catholic center for the students at u t d uh the lord blesses it at every step you know mm-hmm. the building that is there has uh, all amenities that a college center needs catholic college center needs plus has a huge space for a chapel that uh, that we already have planned and designed and now we're in the fundraising steps you know fundraising efforts to to go ahead to build it and you're the founding chaplain, right? Uh, it's only been
1: around since the fall of 2022. Uh, the last well, one of the the first time I think I interviewed you, you and Father Stokowski came in, and we were talking about your COVID ministry. And you, at that time, as I recall, were a parochial vicar at Saint Paul, the Apostle Parish in Richardson. What, why why do you think you were kind of chosen to lead this? You're a young priest, that might help, but uh, what what else? <laughs> so there's
2: a very interesting history. Um, uh, per se, I'm not the first chaplain, the first priest chaplain. Before me, there was uh, Deacon John O'Leary. Yeah, he was leading the youth there, and uh, he he became the chaplain for UTD right before COVID. At that time, Father Sakowski, uh, he started doing masses at UTD, and he asked me if I would like to partake in that ministry. I was very glad to do that, and then <clears throat> and then COVID hit. And so during COVID, you know, we all got nervous at the beginning. Then you know, we realized. Shortly into it, that there was not <laughs> not that much to be scared of, mm-hmm. so we so we started doing ministries there. But uh, the campus was still shut down, and so uh, Deacon John Lear would organize confessions in the local park, where the students would come. So a natural collect, connection built, and uh, once the campus reopened, we come back to doing uh, regular li- weekly masses on uh, on campus and. Uh, and one day I got a phone call from uh, from the bishop's office, and I was told Father you will be assigned to to be the chaplain at UTD. I was I was you know uh, bittersweet. I love St. Paul, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, a lot of beautiful things that, that the Lord gave me there. And so uh, so when I was moved to uh, to UTD, it was uh, for sure a new mission for me, and I'm I'm very uh, very grateful to the Lord for for being there.
1: Well, you led right into my next question, because you said a new mission. So let's talk about the mission. I know that's something that you wanted to highlight. The mission of, I'm going to say the whole thing, University Catholic Center at the University of Texas at Dallas, UCC at UTD. Uh, What
2: what is the mission? So it's the mission of the place. I I, I was pondering and I was praying about it very, uh, very much. And I, I still do. But, uh, I was thinking, you know, should we make our main focus the Mass? You know, we're the Catholic center. Uh, the Mass, it's, is, you know, the source and summit of Christianity. It's, it's fundamental, you know. Should we make it our, uh, our social things? You know, should we make, there's so many different things we do. And I, and I realized that what, what is, uh, you know, what, are, what, are, what are the first two commandments? The most important, we had a daily Mass the other day. You no, know, the first is, uh, listen, Israel, love the Lord, you know. And the second one is love one another, and I realized that we need to make that the the main mission of the of UCC. Mm-hmm. And so we uh, our main mission is to make the students uh, feel loved and appreciated. No, we uh, Tina Marie, our front desk, she's amazing. She knows all the names. You know, when you walk in, what is the first thing that you're greeted by? You know, there's somebody there that's happy to mm-hmm. see you. Somebody yeah. there that knows your name. You can walk in. We, uh, we purchased an amazing coffee machine. Sounds <laughs> sound silly. And, uh, and usually, <laughs> usually that's the reaction I yeah. get. Coffee machine? What's You co- well, we need a bowl of chocolates. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You, know, you, you walk in, you're greeted by the name. Yeah. Then you can grab a good coffee. We have a recreation room where you can rest and, uh, and spend time with your friends. We have study rooms. You know this uh, this building being a TV station uh, originally. We have a movie theater. We have a full blown movie theater. So everything is oriented towards towards the students, so they feel welcome, appreciated, and loved. They uh, can hang out. Right? They can hang out. Yeah. But but uh, they f- you know from the moment they walk in, they feel loved. We have a temporary chapel. We have a blessed sacrament chapel. You know we have uh, our daily masses. All, you know all these things are important because I was wondering what changed my heart when I was young. That uh, that I felt loved and appreciated, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, and the wall of my heart cracked a little bit, and the Lord did miracles. So for for sure, our you know sacraments are are, essent- are part of are, are essential no, in our mission, very important. But uh, it's not our mission to uh, to make students catholic to make students you know come to every possible mass stuff like that no our, our mission is for them to feel loved and appreciated and it's giving fruit you know i've met uh, i've met students that bring their friends because the coffee is good <laughs> you know any,
1: any anything that gets them there
2: right yeah and, yeah, and then yeah. you know we have rcia program that is uh, that is exploding right now why because uh, you know we have students that are not catholic that are coming on a regular basis. We have students that are atheists that, uh, that come and they like the study rooms, you know? Yeah. And, uh, one day I said, Hey guys, you know, we have mass at 530. If you want to join us, you're welcome. They're, Oh, we've never been to mass, but why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now, now and then they will come to mass. Yeah. Only because they felt loved and appreciated. So, so this, this, you know, this first most important two commandments, love the Lord and love one another. They're giving fruit. They're very true. And, and we see it in, in, uh, in everyday life.
1: Yeah. So I'm guessing one of the challenges is, is you've got this awesome, I think you said 15,000 square foot, you know, good coffee and mass and all these wonderful things happening. But you need to get the word out. You, people on campus are busy and they're running from yes. class to here and they've got busy lives and perhaps jobs. So how how, how do you get the word out that, hey, we're here? Because you know, I guess we also should say
2: you're across the street. You are yeah. autonomous from the university. You're not pa- even on campus. No, we're, we're not on campus for, for a couple of... Well, the main reason is that it's a public university. And, uh, and so are we are in, uh, we're not associated with them per se, We are at the service of the students, but there is no legal connection between the two of us. So like this, uh, we are free to to operate and to, uh, you know, we're a Catholic center. So, yeah. And we would like to maintain that, that, that identity. Are there still like focus missionaries or a Newman Center or is,
1: is what you're doing all of the ministry for the, the campus?
2: Yes, so we have focused missionaries. We have five of them. They're doing a great job. We're very grateful for them. And uh, on the campus, there is the Newman Catholic Ministries that uh, are also present at UCC. They're also doing a great job. They're, they're the student body that... Uh, a Catholic student body that operates on campus. And uh, now and then they would invite us for, well, actually pretty often <laughs> they invite us for different events on campus. Uh uh-huh. Well, how,
1: what's it like during the summer? Is it just, yeah, crickets chirping, or uh, y- it's it's <laughs> very
2: slow, very slow. Most of the th- students are gone. there, you know they're at home with their families, or, or working, or or whatever students do during summer. Yeah, it's <laughs> a strange eighties.
1: dynamic, isn't it? Because it's normally bustling with life, yes. and now
2: it's like where is everybody? Yes. <laughs> so so now now for example, because of summer, we uh, we, we we suspended our four thirty mass on Sundays, which is the big student mass. Uh-huh. And, um, but now, you know, since the building is, uh, there's le- significant less people present. We have time to do, you know, we're painting, we're doing an outside patio. We're, we're doing small works that would be otherwise very difficult.
1: Mm-hmm. And you're, you're not a, not a parish, right? But you mentioned RCIA and obviously you've got events. So how is what you're doing different from being a pastor of a parish? And how is that different from a parish?
2: So we have a very, uh, uh um, very focused uh, mission. Our our mission is to uh, serve the students at UTD. So all are welcome in all our sacrament. You know we have daily confession. We have daily mass. Uh, the chapel is open all, all day. So anybody is welcome to come. But our main mission and main focus is the uh, the com- the UTD campus. Mm-hmm. There are all, you mentioned before we
1: started that there are some community colleges around the area that you also service. Are you able to Physically get on those campus and talk to people, or is it just an
2: invitation to these and how many community colleges are there in the area oh there several campuses i don 't know on top of my head how many yeah we haven 't visited them yet we We try to reach out to them through word of mouth through sending emails things like this, but uh, for the moment we 're focusing on uh, you know <laughs> the the lord um, the Lord is helping us at every step. And for the moment we, we realize that we need to focus at, on the UTD campus. Yeah. We, you know, we, we grew from forty forty five 40, 45 students at mass at the beginning of the academic year in 2022. Now we're looking at 170. So we're, we're exploding. You know, we, we, yeah. we don't standing room only at masses. Uh, our chapel fits 120 people. So between the morning, 9am mass and the afternoon, you know, we're uh, bursting in the seams. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's a it's a fantastic problem to have that we that we are having right now but uh so for the moment we, the word of mouth is working with other colleges there is also like a, a nursing school right next to us so uh if you're a college student within the age group that uh, that fits so to say we are, we are very happy to welcome anybody. Mm-hmm. Do families come out and just uh, like,
1: you know, how they invited? If yeah. somebody oh, looks yeah. you, uh, just say, hey, I, I really have no connection to, to the
2: university, but we just like being around they young do. people. I mean, do you have those kind of people? They do. And I'm very happy because uh, sometimes families come. With little children and you know, yeah. little children that they'll be running around little noise, you know, which makes me very happy because I'm happy that students see young Catholic families with children. You know, the world is very against the family right now. And when families come, sometimes a uh, few at a time, I'm very several at a time. I'm very happy to see them there because they, they're uh, uh, they make the f- the family presence at Mass is, is essential, makes me make, you know, it, it adds life to the Mass. Yeah,
1: without a doubt. Father Timo is my guest. He serves as chaplain of the University Catholic Center at University of Texas at Dallas, otherwise known as the UCC at UTD. Their website, I should mention, is Catholic at UTD.com, Catholic at UTD.com. And Father, I. You know, I'm, I went to college, I went to SMU, and it, it, people my age, it, it almost, almost everyone seemed to, Fall away during college. It's 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 almost not not that's an expectation, but it's a time I think that's challenging for young people, where you maybe you're free from the from your parents and you're experimenting and you're just gonna maybe not go to mass. And do you do you find this to be a challenging time for people in their you know eighteen to twenty two year range or graduate students spiritually or or what 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 is the state of these people's spiritual life generally speaking?
2: So uh, I remember when I was eighteen years old, no. Any any bit of freedom I could snatch, I would. You know, when I had money, I would use it. (laughs) Not always the wisest way possible, no. I always encourage students when they ask me, Father, what should I do for college? Stay at home. Mm -hmm. First two years, stay home. Because uh, when you're 18, and uh, now today is 18, it's, you know, 15, 30 years ago. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a it's a very very dangerous place. You know, you go out into you, you come from a very sheltered environment with your parents that took care of you with with your teachers in your uh, local school that were very uh, that would guard you very much. You're you're going into a world that it's wide open. Now you, know, you got your money, you got your freedom, you you got your own schedule, and uh, a lot of people struggle with it. A lot of people struggle with it because it's a totally new reality that they're not acquainted with. And so uh, we're trying to uh, we're trying to help them. No, we, we talk about the dignity of life. We talk about the theology of the body. We talk about uh, the use of social media. We talk about the use of use of freedom and time. It's uh, it's a very difficult time for students. You know, just remember that uh, we lose a lot of youth at confirmation, mm-hmm. and uh, confirmation is just you know two three years before going to college, and so we. we uh, we're fighting against this, uh, this false concept of freedom that says, you know, do whatever you want and then think about the consequences later. Yeah, We're, we're trying to, uh, to encourage them to, to live a Christian life.
1: Uh, amen. Uh, for those listening right now, how can they help you uh, with their time, their talent, their treasure? What, what are your needs and how can our listeners help
2: you? So uh, as we mentioned before, we, uh, we have a temporary chapel that... Fits a hundred, you know when it's kind of funny. My office is in the back of the chapel, so if we open my office, the Blessed Sacrament Chapel, we can fit probably one hundred twenty now we're, now we're bursting in the seams, we don't fit anymore. We have, uh, we have space and plans for a new chapel that, uh, that we're almost ready to build we, we, uh, We're never in, in a fundraising part of the effort, and uh, you know, I know that the Lord provides. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that the Lord knows our need. He's been blessing this project since the since the very beginning when the bishop started it. So uh, we're we're doing, putting a lot of effort into fundraising right now. I'm very grateful to Kelly Halashan. He's doing an amazing job. He's uh, he's he's uh, he's out there supporting us in, in in a fantastic fashion. And so so we're in a, in a big fundraising effort right now to uh, to build that chapel. No beauty will save the world i don't remember who said it was at saint augustine i truly don't remember who said it but we want to build a place when the students when they walk in it uh, it causes awe you know Mm -hmm. when you walk in you want to come back there we want to create a space that is beautiful you know we could build put a quick a quick chapel together quickly right but it's not i i don't want that no i want Mm -hmm. i want for them to walk into a chapel that is a beautiful space that that lifts your eyes up, that, that, that uh, raises you naturally into prayer. So if anybody out there would like to help us, we're uh, we very happy to, uh, to, to accept help and, uh, and to remember know that uh, it's treasure in heaven, know that, that we're trying to reach out to the souls of students that, uh, that are lost in the world. The
1: website where I'm sure you can donate online, uh, Catholic at utd.com and that's a t it's not the little symbol right it's catholic Catholic at utd.com uh father timo chaplain of the university catholic center at the university of texas at dallas we talked about families being there but i'm thinking also about young catholic you know professional people maybe they're 23 24 and graduated from college and out you know, that, that, this seems like a nice place for them as well. They, they're, they're welcome there. I guess everybody's welcome, right? Anybody's but, welcome. They, yeah.
2: The sacraments are open to all. Yeah. If somebody would like to partake in the life of UCC and they're not a college student, they would need to talk to me personally because we, uh, we try to make it a safe space for our students. Not to say that anybody who doesn't talk to me, it's not a safe, not a safe person, but, we we're keeping a hawk's eye on what's happening in the building for the well-being and safety of our students.
1: Yeah, and I love on the website. Uh, there's a place where somebody can go on, and it says what interests you, and you've got all these different options: Bible study, intramural sports. Uh, Football, uh, foosball, actually, uh, faith discussion, deep dives, so people can go in there and just kind of click what yes. interests them, and then you'll be in touch with them. And so uh, just to encourage people to check out the website, it's right across the street from University of Texas yes. at Dallas, right? not on campus, but as Father said, that's advantageous for both sides to be that way. Catholic, Catholic at UTD.com. Catholic at UTD.com. Uh, Father Timo, thank you so much for being here. Is there anything else that you want to mention? we got about a minute remaining in the interview.
2: Uh, pray for our youth. You know? the, the world is coming after them. The world is, uh, you know, when you, destroy, when you destroy the youth, you destroy the family. When you destroy the family, you destroy the concept of God. No, when you see a family, what do, what do you see? No? A presence of God and uh, And the young people are are living the very confusing times and uh, so pray for our youth, yeah, pray Amen. for our youth because uh, they're they're fighting for their lives literally and spiritually out there and um and love one another, I guess you know that 's the message of u you c c no know? shama israel listen listen israel listen uh, listen to the voice of God, allow him to take you places that uh that sometimes are, are difficult to uh, to go, but you know, when when we love one another, when when we make the presence of Christ visible in the world, that's uh, that's that's our mission. All right, thank you very much.
1: I'm going to try your full name one more time since I did so poorly at the beginning. Uh, Father Timoteusz Shashkiewicz. Yes, I got it better that time. All right. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Father Timo, so much. Uh, can I can just tell by talking to you that uh, right priest for the right position at the right time. So it shows the wisdom of Bishop Burns and
2: through the uh, mercy and, and grace of God.
1: Yes, Amen. And thanks to Diane Xavier for running the board. Thank you all for listening. If you have suggestions for future interviews, please reach out to me, and uh, we would love to talk to you. We are going to have Father Wade Bass from SMU on to talk about ministry there at uh, SMU, and maybe we'll have him on a, another time as well. But, uh, you know, there's good things happening on all the college campuses here in North Texas. Praise be to God. Catholic at utd.com is the website. My email address, if you want to reach out to me, is Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Thanks again, Father Timo, and thanks everybody for listening. Have a great uh, rest of your weekend. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us for this week's KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Catholic news and information
0: pertinent to North Texas Catholics. Please join us again next week at this same time for another KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week.
2: Hello, I'm Wesley Steffish, a member of Mother Day Parish in Irving, a sponsor here at the Catholic Radio. I am owner of Absolute Painting. We serve customers on residential home improvement projects. We provide full remodeling services.
0: Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Catholic radio for your soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.